0: tonight that's called Living Your Best Life. Now, I should have brought it, but I have one picture in my life that really summarizes me living my best life. It's when I was in Mexico, I was on a blue lagoon. It was stunning, and it's a hilarious-looking photo of me in a kayak with a life vest, and I've got my Chacos on, so I look 100% not cool. I have a Mexican Coca-Cola in my hand, which those are better than ours in the United States, and I'm just leaned back drinking my Coke in a kayak, and when I see that photo of myself, I'm always like, I was living my best life, man. I'd never been happier than I was in that photo, in that moment, looking ridiculous. I didn't care what I looked like. My hair was a mess. I did not look cool or cute at all, but I felt amazing. I was so happy and carefree in that photo, and I think we can all look at photos of ourselves or remember times where we're like, Whoa. I was living my best life. Like for some of you guys, that might look like playing video games. For some of you guys, it probably is like when you're on vacation. I think a lot of us have felt that way at summer camp where we're just like, yes. By the last night, you're like, I am my best self right now. God is the best God. I love everyone in the world. I don't even need to sleep anymore. I just feel so great. I can go forever like this, right? We all feel like that on the last night of camp. But we want to talk about living your best life because here's the problem with that. We think of it sometimes in just moments, right? I haven't been on that cruise in Mexico for over a year, and how sad for me to look at that photo and say, oh, I was living my best life, right? It's great I was doing it then, but what am I doing today? Where's my best life right now, and why am I not living it? So that's what we want to talk about in this series. There's going to be three installments. We're going to talk about your thoughts your words, and your actions, because those are the things that are producing the life you have right now. Everything that you are living and doing and being is because of your thoughts, your words, and your actions. So, living our best life. So, tonight I'm talking about your thoughts, and I didn't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. You got to think about what you're thinking about. That's one of those phrases that makes us cringe, but I've noticed in our society, there is such an idea that we cannot control our mind, and that what happens in our thoughts, it's out of our control, right? I have anxiety, but you know, I just, I have it, it runs in my family, right? Or I I have depression, but... You know, it just, a lot of people deal with that, like I've always struggled with it. These things that we experience in our mind, we sometimes are just taking and receiving and just saying like, oh, okay, I guess that's the way it is. But the reality is, the Bible says this, and science says this, you can control your mind, you can control your thoughts, and those things are what's driving your entire life. The first thing that I want to start out by saying tonight is that your thoughts are running your life. Everything starts as a thought, right? We're going to talk about your words. We're going to talk about your actions. But before all of that comes your thoughts. Your thoughts run your life. We know that the Bible says in Proverbs that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you're thinking is what will manifest in your life, right? Manifest is like a trendy 2020 word. Whatever you're thinking is going to manifest in your life. And that's not new agey, and it's not like woo-woo. It's, it's the Bible. God is telling us, hey, whatever you're thinking in your heart, that's who you are. That's what you are, and that's what you're going to have. And if you want to change your life, you have to change your thoughts. But you can do that. How many times have we thought like, oh, Man, I just wish I could change. I wish my life could change. I wish my situation could change. I wish I could change. It can. It all can, but it starts in your thoughts. And I think um, the Bible gives us such a great indication of of how we do that and why we do that. But if you want God to direct your life, you're going to start by letting him direct your thoughts. And we're going to take a look at a verse in Isaiah. Isaiah. Which we've heard a bunch of times, but I really, it was just super cool as I thought about this verse a little more closely. It says, for the sovereign Lord, <laughs> maybe I sent them the wrong verse, because that's not the verse I need. <laughs> no worries back there, though. So Isaiah 55a, you guys can just write this down. But God says in that verse, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways and I love that verse you know we've heard it a lot but that verse is so encouraging because I think it says hey there's there's a better way to think you think one way I think another but it's possible for you to come up higher right there's hope you're not stuck with your thoughts where you're at you're not stuck where you are you're not stuck with anxiety and depression there's a higher way to think it can be done and God's saying hey I'm here to show you how to do it I'm making a distinction like I see where your thoughts are at My thoughts are different. My thoughts are higher. My thoughts are better, but I can show you how to get there. So those things can change. If we want to live higher, we're going to have to think higher. If you don't want your life to keep being like it has been, you're going to have to think differently. And, you know, sometimes, I don't know, I've heard people just kind of act, like I said, they kind of just act like, well, you know, I have anxiety or I have depression, like not a lot I can do about it and you know, whatever, I just struggle with these dark thoughts. And, and people just take that so passively. And we need to rise up and say, that's not right. That's not the norm. And there's a couple of reasons, I think, that our thoughts are so important. The first being that sin starts in our thoughts. And we see this in Mark chapter 7. If you guys want to turn there, it's Mark 7, 21. And it says, For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts sexual immorality, theft, murder, this is getting really intense really fast, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. It's saying those come out of your thoughts. All of these vile things come from within and they are what? Defile you. So from this verse we can see sin starts in our thoughts. Sin isn't something that leaps on us, and comes from the outside, and is based on our circumstances, and this and that, sin starts in here, it starts within me, which, like, it's kind of an uncomfortable thought, but it also makes me take responsibility, and say, I can't blame anyone else for this, this is coming from within me, so I want to pay attention to my thoughts, because if that's where sin starts, then that's where sin stops, if I know where it starts, I know where it stops, right, did anyone's parents make you pull weeds when you were younger? That was my number one least favorite chore. Honestly, anything outside was. Um, we had a pool, and I literally remember I hated opening the pool so bad. It was like an all-hands-on-deck situation. Dad would wake us up early on a Saturday morning to go out and open the pool, and I really hated it. But I also hated pulling weeds. But my dad was a very, like, watchful teacher, right? You guys may have had a parent like this too. What do they do? They see you pull a weed, and they stop you, and they say what? What? pull the root. Morgan, you're just pulling the leaves. I saw you just pull that dandelion head off. That's all you did. It's going to come back, right? I had to learn to deal with the root, and our thoughts and sin is the same way. Sin starts in my mind. I've got to pull it out by the root. I'm not just going to say, well, I'm not going to go here, and I'm not going to go there, and I'm going to stop doing that. That's all external things. Those are all kind of the, the visible parts of sin, but the roots are in my mind, so I want to control my thoughts. That way, I can control my sin. So pay attention to your thoughts because that's where sin starts. Um, but, you know, like I said, that's where sin stops as well. And if we want to walk rightly before God, we're going to have to think rightly for Him as well. The second thing I think that is so important about our thoughts, and I've already referenced this, but anxiety and depression are attacks on our thoughts. And, you know, your generation and my generation. We're marked by anxiety and depression, right? Every single one of us in this room know people who struggle with that, have struggled ourselves. We know people who are on medication for that. That's kind of an earmark of our generation. But what that says to me is that an earmark of our generation is just wrong thinking. We are allowing the enemy to attack our minds, and we're just taking it because we're saying, like, oh, It's just, you know, a really prevalent issue in our society. It is, but it doesn't have to be. When I see the root of something, I can deal with that. And anxiety and depression are attacks on our thoughts. And if the devil can capture my thoughts, he can capture my destiny. You know, we've talked about anxiety and depression. We bring it up almost every service. But those things render us still, if I can say it that way. Those things are restricting and binding, right? One of the main symptoms of depression is you hear people say, oh, I just don't want to go out. I don't want to hang out with people anymore. I don't want to talk to people anymore. I just want to stay in bed. You're not telling anybody about Jesus if you're laying in bed, right? If my mouth is closed, I'm not accomplishing anything for God. And if the devil can win in my thoughts, he can win in my life. If he has my thoughts, he has my calling. I cannot help anyone if I am allowing the devil to run my mind. You can be rendered entirely ineffective by just your thoughts. Isn't that kind of crazy, right? The only thing limiting us sometimes is just our mind. Our thoughts, that's it. You know, we can say that's it, but I get it, it's a really big issue. So that's why we're gonna talk about it tonight because there is a solution, and it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you look at verse 5, it says, Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Here's the part I wanna highlight tonight bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So tonight, We're going to talk about how to bring your thoughts into captivity, which that sounds like kind of an old-fashioned way to say it, but I really, really like it because if we start thinking about that and kind of, you know, seeing what that looks like, have you guys ever seen a war movie where they've taken prisoners? Yes. Okay. Um, You know, when you imagine that scenario, those prisoners of war are being treated so poorly, right? It's not a joke. It's not like they put them in a house with a personal chef and a Netflix subscription, and they're just like, you guys just, you know, stay in here till the end of the war. It's all good. No, prisoners and captives are treated horribly, right? And sometimes they die in captivity because that's how bad they're treated. It's a really aggressive stance that's taken in those situations. But I love that picture because it tells me I've got to be aggressive. If I am supposed to take my thoughts captive, that doesn't mean just try and, like, think about happy things. It means I need to fight them, and I need to capture them, and I need to be really aggressive in my pursuit of eliminating thoughts that are holding me back. So tonight we're going to talk about how to do that. And the first thing I want to say... It's found in Romans chapter 12, and it is renew your mind. The first way that you will take your thoughts captive is to renew your mind. And in Romans 12 too, it says, Stop imitating the ideas and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. But a part in the middle there, it says, be inwardly transformed. Excuse me, I'm belching. I can tell I already swallowed a bunch of air while I was preaching tonight. <laughs> be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. And the old King James calls that renewing your mind but this verse shows us it just means to change the way you think and if the bible tells us that it's possible it is what does he say through the power of the holy spirit you change the way you think and if you've been coming to this church for a while you've been taught well by dr jacobs we know that we renew our mind to the word of god we were talking earlier god is saying my thoughts are higher than your thoughts if i want to know god's thoughts i've got to look at god's word god's not a mystery so, i mean Like people act like he's just like so weird and you just never know what he's thinking or what he's going to do. He gave us an entire book that shows us what he's thinking and what he does. So if I want to know God's thoughts, I've got to read God's word. And the more that I read God's word and speak God's word, my mind and my thoughts will begin to transform into the way that he thinks instead of the way that Morgan thinks. I don't want to be thinking that much. I want to be thinking God's thoughts. Because if I can think his thoughts, I can walk out his plan and I can move as him within this earth. But I've got to renew my mind and change the way I think. And listen to me, don't underestimate how things impact your thoughts. This is why I'm picky about what I watch and why I'm picky about what I listen to because I want to know what kind of thoughts is that going to bring to me? What is that going to put in my head? Because Man, that determines my success or my failure. I've got to be thinking right if I want to walk out everything God has for me. And I can't do that if my mind is filled with junk because of the things I've been watching and doing and listening to. You know, it's so important. Um, You know, earlier we were saying sin starts in our mind, but like... That's the place we justify our sin, too. Right. It starts there. But then what do we immediately have those thoughts of like, well, everybody does this? Like, well, it's not that big a deal. I just, you know, I like this TV show, but it's fine. Like, all my friends watch it. You know, we justify those things in our mind as well. We've got to really train ourselves to watch, watch our thoughts, listen to our thoughts, pay attention to our thoughts. What am I thinking? And where did that come from? Did it come from that music that I was listening to? You know, I'm so picky about my music these days, even music that. I love and I like so much I will not listen to because it's like ah, I don't like the thoughts that brings me I can't I can't afford to listen to that you know I can't afford to listen to stuff that's super emotional I don't need to be any more emotional than I already am thank you (laughs) go away that will not help me you know what are those things putting in your mind you are renewing your mind to something Your thoughts are always changing, but it's based on what you're putting in. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you doing? So that's why I want to listen to the word as much as I can. I want to hear God's thoughts as much as I can because the more I know his thoughts, the more they can become my thoughts. So number one, renew your mind. Number two, speak to your thoughts. And we're going to look at Job for this. Thank you. <laughs> Job 32. And if you know anything about the story of Job, he was in a really bad place when he wrote these words, right? A ton of crazy bad stuff happened in his life. Uh, like houses burned down. he lost all of his family. they died. all kinds of really, really rough stuff was going on. He was super sick during that time. He had boils, which like don't even Google that because it 's super disgusting. He had a lot of bad things happening in his life. but this is what he said: I must speak to find relief, so let me give my answers and this is the second thing I want to bring out. You have to speak to your thoughts and you have to answer them because your thoughts are a voice to you, right? You guys know what that feels like when people say your thoughts are really loud. Yeah, sometimes they're really loud. They're like a shouting voice and they need to be answered. He said, where's my relief? I'm going to speak and I'm going to find relief. And that's where a lot of times we trip up, you know, um, we're trying to deal with our thoughts, but we just, you know, when we're having thoughts that are negative or that are inappropriate or whatever, we're just like, Oh, I'm just not going to think about that. Like, let me think about something else. But through this and other verses in the Bible, we see that you cannot fight thoughts with thoughts. You cannot take thoughts captive with other thoughts, You've got to speak. And listen, for some reason, I didn't do this for like a long time, and I would just lay there and try and deal with things mentally. And it made all the difference and was so quickly effective when I finally stood up and I spoke to my thoughts and said, nope, we're not going there in the name of Jesus. I have the mind of Christ. I have peace from God. You know, the Holy Ghost is my helper. And, and, and started speaking to things. It brought so much relief. If you need relief from your thoughts, speak to them. That's what anxiety, you know, feels like. It feels like an attack. It's over and it's over and it's over. And those are the times when your mind feels out of control, right? Your thoughts are really loud and they just won't stop and they just keep coming and they're so loud. You've got to speak and answer them and take them captive. That's what we're talking about. How do we take our thoughts captive? We speak to them. We open our mouth and speak. And listen, the devil will tell you in your mind that that is dumb, The Bible says God chooses the foolish things to confuse wise people. I think it's so amazing. So much can be accomplished by speaking because that's honestly so easy, right? We all speak all day long, every single day. It's something very natural. It's something very easy. But because of that, sometimes we treat it as something that doesn't work. Or we just lay there and we're just like, oh, no, I'm just going to, you know, whatever. I'm just going to deal with this. Speak. Speak. Open your mouth and speak. Don't let your thoughts run rampant. You are in control of your mind. You are in control of your thoughts. And as long as your mouth is working, you can take those thoughts captive. I'm my gum out. I'm sorry, guys. One day I'm going to be put together. It's just not today. (laughs) I feel like I always forget to spit my gum out before I get up here, and then Zach is always at risk for receiving it in his Bible. So I'm just going to get rid of it before I tell this story. I've talked uh, extensively about dealing with anxiety and depression, and I've really got a really good grasp on both of those things where I'm not intimidated by them anymore, and I feel like I can deal with them. And Something weird happened just at the beginning of February. So this is like something that just happened to me in my life. Man, it was like February 1st, all of a sudden, I woke up and I felt so depressed and I felt so anxious and I immediately was just like... Where is this coming from? Why is this back? Like I haven't felt like this in a long time. What's going on? So, my first response was to go to God and say like, God, where am I missing it? You know, am I messing up in an area? Did I leave a door open? What is going on here? Cuz this just came back into my life overnight and it's really caught me off guard. And God led me to listen to one of Pastor Nancy's messages on her podcast you know, just follow the Holy Ghost. He didn't speak to me about this, but he sent me to a place where I would get my answer. So I listened to this podcast and she just right at the beginning said, you will have whatever you're okay with in your life. And sometimes we're looking, I was looking to see like, where am I missing it? Where am I messing up? And she was saying, you know, there are times where we leave the door open, right? We talked a little bit about sin earlier. We know that sin, the Bible describes it like an open door, right? If I leave the front door open on my house, anybody can walk in there and take my TV. And any kind of animal can come in there and make a nest, right? We can leave doors open in our life through sin. But there are times that the devil will just come and attack to see what he can get away with what will you allow him to do? Because I'm in charge of my life. Whatever I let the devil do, he will. Whatever ground I give him, he'll take. This is my life. I'm in control of it. And sometimes he tries to show up just to intimidate us and see, what am I allowed to do? What am I allowed to bring into your mind? What am I allowed to bring into your life? And that's what I was experiencing. When those attacks on my thoughts were happening, I immediately was like, whoa, you know what's going on here? But all it took was standing up to the devil. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. And, you know, as soon as I listened to that message and I recognized what was going on and I stood up and said, nope, you can't do this, devil. I have the mind of Christ. Get out of here. Those symptoms stopped like within days, almost immediately. And, you know, I, I see a lot of stuff on social media. Twitter is my favorite. And especially on Twitter, there's like a lot of talk about mental health, Right. But one of the things I see over and over is people with anxiety and depression saying to other people, don't tell me to get over it, right? That's not helpful. When I'm depressed, don't just tell me to get over it. If that was, you know, if it was that easy, I would. I see this all the time. And I want to say tonight that that is true from a worldly perspective But we are not of this world. The Bible says we live in this world, but we're not of this world. So I'm going to respect that. And if there's a lost person and they're dealing with something, I'm not just going to tell them to get over it. I'm going to show them love. But in my own life, sometimes I was giving myself too much of a free pass being like, oh, you know, I need to be gentle with myself. This isn't something you just get over it is when you tell the devil to get out. When you resist him and he flees, it's over. It's done. I can choose to to take authority. It's not a matter of getting over something, but it is a matter of resisting it. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. So I can't act helpless. That's my point in saying that. In, the, in that situation, my first response was just to be like, like, you know, what's going on? This can't be back again. I can't do this again. I'm like, don't have time. Don't have the capacity. You know, what is going on here? You know, but sometimes the world is telling us that you're helpless, right? It's just something you have to deal with. Just be gentle with yourself. Be patient with yourself. You know, incorporate self-care Sundays. I love self-care Sundays. Usually I don't have time for them, but I do like them. But, that's not the answer to my anxiety and depression, and I'm not going to be gentle in those areas, and I'm not going to baby myself, and I'm not going to take it easy and be gentle. I'll be gentle with myself. I'm not going to be gentle with the devil, and I've got to stand up and realize, nope, I'm not, I just can't lay back and take this. I've got to stand up, and I've got to say something. I've got to resist the devil. He will not flee if you don't resist him. If you allow him to stay, he will. And that's his whole purpose anyway, right? It's just to make you ineffective. If he can make your anxiety so bad that you're never going to open your mouth and invite someone to church, that's what he's going to do. Right? If he's going to bring depression into my life and he can keep me in bed that way to where I'm not doing anything and I'm not growing and I'm I'm not learning and not reaching people, that's what he'll do. He will do what we allow him to do. Your mind is filled with whatever you let the devil bring whatever you let him bring, but the other side of that is that he can't bring anything if you don't let him, but you've got to wake up and realize what's happening. Say, my thoughts are so valuable. What's going on in my mind matters because it's manifesting in my life, and if I need to do what I'm called to do, I'm gonna have to stand up and resist that, and again, you know, we can come back to that verse saying, taking thoughts captive, That sounds really intense, and sometimes when you are dealing with things in your mind, it is really intense. You know, this time I was able to deal with that depression and anxiety fast. Once I figured out what was going on, the first time I dealt with it, it wasn't fast. It was me getting up every single day and trying to put those things back in a cage and say, nope, you're not going to do this. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. I have peace in my mind. I'm, you know, guarded by the armor of God. I had to get up every single day and take those thoughts captive every single day for a season until the devil finally learned like okay she's not giving up (laughs) I'm leaving I can't stay here I had to stay with it I had to keep doing it every single day it didn't matter what I felt like and sometimes I let my feelings win there were days that Where I did just lay down and take it, but I just got up the next day and said, okay, nope, not today. Yesterday was a really bad day. I'm going to make today a really good day, and I'm going to say this as many times as I need to. During that time in my life, I wrote um, scriptures down on index cards, and I had them in my purse so that I could look at them at work. I could look at them in my car. I could look at them at the gas station. I was putting the word of God in me as much as I could because it was worth it. It was a little bit of a fight, you know, the good fight of faith. It was a little bit of just feeling like I was just pushing back and pushing back and every single day pushing back. But eventually, I broke through, and I won, and my thoughts were captive. And, you know, this time, like I said, when that came in my life, I was able to deal with it really, really quickly. I had renewed my mind to the Word of God, and I learned to speak and get the relief I needed. When I am dealing with anxiety even now, When I can feel it begin to rise in me, I do whatever I need to do to get someplace to pray. And I just speak and I say, nope, (laughs) I speak peace over myself right now. I'm not going there. I'm not doing this, devil. I bind you. You can't bring this against me because I'm responsible for my mental health. Now, listen, this isn't maybe something you go to school and like tell all your friends about. Like I said, bring them to church so they can learn too. People in the world are dealing with the same things we're dealing with, but without God. And without the Holy Ghost, that one verse talked about the Holy Ghost being our helper, changing the way we think. You and I have a huge advantage because we have the Holy Spirit. So I'm so grateful for that. He He makes things possible and he makes us victorious. But this is why it's so important to, to bring your friends to school. You know, sometimes people are trying to work principles from the Bible, but without Jesus, right? Meditation is super popular right now. Manifestation is super popular right now. Even things like confession that 10 years ago, people thought you were nutty if you 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 talked about confession they're really popular kind of buzzwords in our society and really popular practices but it's kind of taking God's system without God you can't get the same results so this is I know something for me it's been a real topic where I can talk to my coworkers about God because one thing that we can find common ground on is anxiety and depression and when I talk to them about like One thing that really helps me is turning to the word of God. Like I have some favorite Bible verses and I love to read those and say those out loud. And they're like, they're so open to it. They're not Christians. They really don't care about God, but they're opening to hear what helps me. And, you know, it's a little bit different because I have the Holy Spirit and they don't. But if they can see that I've got something that works, I think they're more open to coming to church and learning about the Holy Ghost and getting saved and then being able to have that same advantage I do. So I know in my own life, this topic has been a really cool opportunity where I've really got to talk to people about Jesus. Because when you struggle with anxiety and depression, you'll really listen to just about anybody who says they have an answer. And that's what I've really found to be true in my own life. So as we wrap up tonight, I just want to encourage you, don't allow the devil, to have your mind. It's your choice, and that's good news because it means we're not hopeless. Things can change, but then sometimes it can be intimidating because it also puts our responsibility in our hands and says, I am responsible for that. It's not God, it's not the devil, it's me. But one thing that I want to leave you with tonight is in Philippians chapter four. And this is a really good metric for evaluating your thoughts. And it says... For the rest, brethren, whatever is true and whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just and whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable and whatever is kind and wise and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on... And way and take account of these things and fix your minds on them. Now, this was a really wordy uh, translation I picked, but I really liked it because it brings a lot of insight. But basically, God is saying, These are the things you need to think about. And if a thought comes into your mind, and it doesn't fall in one of these categories and line up with this verse, then I know it's a thought to be resisted. It's not a thought to keep around. So I would encourage you guys um, to to look up Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 at home, find a translation you really like, and write that scripture down somewhere. Put it on your mirror, put it in your backpack, put it somewhere where you're going to see it every day, because that's how we need to judge our thoughts but even though sometimes it can feel like it's a little bit of a fight and like we got to take these things captive and it's kind of these really warlike terms we know that it's possible and then we know that we can be victorious that's why the bible calls the fight of faith a good fight because it's a fight that we win if we stay with it so that makes sense tonight this was kind of like like a big kid message if I can say it that way tonight I know it was a little intense but it's kind of hot off the press in my life because this is something that just I just dealt with again in February you know and I really had to to hone in on my thoughts and say what am I gonna allow what am I gonna let the devil to do here so before we dismiss tonight I just want to pray for you guys Father, we're so grateful that you have made a way for us to have freedom in our thoughts, Father, to have peace in our thoughts. We thank you. Your word says we have the mind of Christ, that we have wisdom from God. So we speak over every person in this place today, and we do declare that they have the mind of Christ. And Father, we ask for your help. We thank you. Your word told us tonight that the Holy Ghost will help us change the way we think and renew our mind. So we do ask you to help us do that, Father. Help us, show us uh, what to put into ourselves. Maybe show us what to eliminate from our lives that's bringing wrong thoughts into our life, Father. We thank you for the answers that you've given us via speaking, Father, that we can speak and find relief when we're experiencing anxiety and depression. So we're so grateful for these answers tonight, Father, and we ask ask you to help us implement these in our lives moving forward in Jesus name.